Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake, me, Ollie, and me, Dan. Um, so it's a short intro this week. Uh, we've got a bit of a different podcast for you all as we're joined by our first ever guest in the shape of Mr. Oliver Dawes, uh, the man behind another Preston North End fan site, Detail Digest. Um, that's the intro done, short and sweet. Are we chaps? Are we all right? Yeah, not bad, mate. You? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Very good. Go thank you. Very good. Thank you, Jake. Good. Ollie, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, no problem. In case we've got a few listeners who, and I doubt we will have, but just in case we've got a few who don't know about you and Deep Bell Digest, you just want to give a little rundown of, well, that. Yeah, uh, I guess some people might remember it as being called Tom Tom Clark at the back post from years ago. But, uh, oh, is that what it used to be? Yeah. Oh, I, I remember that. Yeah. Way, way back in the day. But yeah, uh, we sort of rebranded and then ended up under the wing of some media company that I barely speak to. So yeah. Happy days. Yeah. Cool. Although, <laughs> so yeah, you can um, you can find Ollie and Deepdale Digest on just Twitter at the minute, is it? Yeah, yeah just Twitter at Deepdale Digest. Cool, cool. Uh, right, we'll dive in. So pre-season so far. Um, I mean, is there much that we can take from it really? Um, it's been decent enough, I would say. I mean, we got beaten by a good Southampton side, um, and I think. Other than that, it's good that we've no injuries as yeah. of from it. I'd say there's not much to say apart from that. No injuries and we've beat we've beat obviously the shit teams and we've lost to the good team. So Yeah, my uh, my three word summary is solid if uninspiring, to be honest. Been alright, hasn't it? But there's not been too much to get overly excited about. I think yeah. I think the gulf in quality between Fylde and Southampton and and Chorley was always gonna be a bit, a bit of a too much of a big step in one, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, it seems to have been weirdly structured, like yeah. that big jump to the Premier League, and then sort of we've got Fleetwood next. Whereas it seems like if you'd flip the two, then uh, would have been a better yeah. progression. Yeah, I thought that as well, but <coughs> I, I didn't. I didn't see the game yesterday, but <clears throat> I saw Bowden's goal, but beaten by a much better team. So that, that's yeah. all there is to say about it, really. I think it has highlighted a few things. Um, the the need for a keeper um, and Robinson being a big mess, but I think we'll come on to both of them later on in the pod. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think, like you said, Dan, it, it's... I can't remember what you said now. Solid so, if uninspiring. So, solid, solid if uninspiring, yeah. yeah. 
I think that's a, probably a good way to sum it up. Because until Southampton, we've not conceded a goal, have we? Um, that I can think of. No. Nope. Yeah. Um, Ripley kept up his habit of conceding three in a game or none in a game. <laughs> Is that what he does? Yeah. Well, he's only either conceded nothing or three goals in all the games he's played. Really? Yeah. No, no, in, in fairness, he, con- he conceded four at West Brom. No, that oh. was good at West Brom, wasn't it? Oh, was it? Oh, was it? Yeah. never mind. There's me not knowing anything. Our keepers are just not good enough, basically. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Got, te- I got a text off my dad today, which was um, about how needn't worry about Ripley because Ruddle start. <laughs> I think he's missing the point a bit. There. Yeah, yeah, I think just so a bit. I thought that's one interesting thing, maybe, that Ripley actually started the game. So if we don't sign a keeper, it would be Ripley probably number one. Mm. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have assumed. I think in the LEP they sort of hinted that he's mm. first choice now. I'd been told the other day, um, I saw a guy that I know at the Chola game on Tuesday night who said that apparently Rudd's asked if he can move to be closer to his family in Norwich or further down south, wherever that is. Where does he actually live? Because I was, I was asked by somebody at the game yesterday whether he's actually from Norwich. Yeah, he is. He yeah, came he's Norwich, through their so. academy. Oh, right, because I, I thought he was from London. I think looking at his Instagram as well, I think he's he's either involved with or he's setting up some kind of football academy down there or a goalkeeping academy or something like that. Uh, teach everyone how to let everything in. To be fair, <laughs> I don't I don't think it's that deep. I think we just want to get rid of him because he's not a good goalkeeper. Yeah. So, well, yeah, I don't, there is that, I, don't, um, I, I don't believe that story, Whatever, whoever told you that. Well, like I said, it, you know, I got told it, so I figured I'd share it. I think it's more a case of him being told to leave. Well, yeah, I think... If we, can we, find we, just, we, just can't, we can't let him out until we get a keeper in, I don't think. So. Mm. It's a bit of an awkward one because time's running out now. It's weird, though, because people keep pointing out that we have four goalkeepers and that adding another one is ridiculous. But the problem is that they're all crap. So yeah. Yeah. What, what do you do? No one's counting Michael Crow as a goalkeeper on the year as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just a person. A he's not a keeper. Bit of a competition yeah. winner, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I mean, I hate to bring him up, but I mean, my dad, he doesn't listen to this, thank God. But um, my dad is sort of the typical Yadar, and he, he, he will, um, he, he says to me frequently, like, whenever I suggest a player to him that we might be signing, he'll say, oh, why do we need him? We've already got players that play in that position. I'm like, yeah, but they're either shit or this new player's better. Yeah. And just people don't <clears> seem <throat> to get that. It's funny yeah. how some people's minds work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anything else to add on pre-season so far? Josh Ginnelly's done well against sort of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Very eloquently put. Well, you know, he had he had a good 45 against Brig and then a good 45 against Cork and people were buzzing that he was Robinson's replacement. Yeah. And a, little bit, a little bit much for me. <clears throat> Well, I mean, I think the fact that he was linked with going out on loan earlier in the summer to Blackpool of all places, yeah, tells you where he he seems to be standing in the uh, pecking order, so to speak. But yeah. I think all three of us have said on the pod in the past, though, that we I think we'd quite like to see him stick around this season and yeah. see what, if any, impact he can make as a bit of a squad player and off the bench and like Ollie's yeah. uh, sorry, Gorn has said in the past that. It's easier for a winger to come into a game and make an impact in the last sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes than it is for maybe a centre mid or a centre back. Yeah, another thing is I'd rather keep 
Ginelli around and bring Barker in, if, if that's what the situation would be. Because yeah. he's our own player, and he's Barker's going to be injured half the season. I'd rather develop <laughs> Ginelli, give him 20 minutes. At least I'd definitely keep him until January and see, see how where he's at. Yeah, and just develop him, because I think... He looks. He's he's a very bright player. He's nowhere near at his start games yet, but yeah. Um, I wouldn't say he's. I wouldn't say he's at the stage where he's going to have no effect on the championship either. Like he, I mean, games at the end of the season are usually a bit of an anomaly. But he did come on against Sheffield Wednesday, and obviously didn't have much of an impact. But he did seem to worry them. Yeah, he, he's, he's he direct. His pace, yeah. Uh, I'd definitely keep him. I quite like him. Yeah, me too. Uh, and as long as. If we bring in an actual winger who's going to slot into the first team rather than someone like Barker, it, it makes sense to keep Ginelli around. Yeah, no, I agree, definitely. So, yeah, the, in terms of the transfer policy, I think there's been quite a lot made um, over the last few days, especially that there seems to be a reluctance from the club to spend any money. Uh, there, there doesn't seem to be any links with going out and buying a player. Um mm. Obviously, the two that we've brought in so far have both been on freeze in David Nugent and Patrick Bauer, pardon me. Um, and obviously, in the last, I think, two days or three days, has been the links with Brandon Barker um, coming in on loan. It it does feel like it's getting a little bit annoying. What are you trying to say? What, what are you trying to say? I don't know. It just, it just feels a bit annoying because, um, yeah, I don't really know. Just you just want to you just want to see us spend money on someone. No, not not so much. Nah. I, I, um, like, I see what so, you mean now. It, it, I, I, it's basically I, I, August now, isn't it? I'm well, if if, if we if we made the signings we needed for free, I don't think anyone would be complaining. But the point is, we haven't. And at this point, it's we seem to be needing to spend money to make those signings. Yeah, I'd say the only thing I'd say is um, eight clubs have not spent a single penny yet this summer. Which is a bit of a which is a bit of an anomaly if you compare it to any other summer. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of the Premier League loans haven't taken place yet because of the various international competitions. Um, so it's been um quite a quiet window. Only Bristol City and Stoke and Brentford have done actual business, haven't they? Mm. West Brom have done a bit and a few. Yeah, others. but I don't even think Stoke have spent that much, have they? Well, I think they've spent money on three or four players. Well, it's like, um, I don't know if it was you gone or Jake, somebody shared in the group chat something about the Birmingham situation having spooked owners. Yeah, so that's what I um, saw today. But I, but I think, even if we look at it like that, it's still the case of the rest of the league slowing down in terms of pace to our level of transfer business, because this is quite normal for us at this stage. <laughs> well, Well, last year we did quite a lot quite early, didn't we? But they, there's usually a little bit of a late flurry for us to try and get something done, like we saw last year with Barker in the match. Here. Yeah, I, I think th- there's no doubt we could have signed players for money by now. Like we could have signed players. We just mm. there's no point signing someone for the sake of it. Like, but I think Hunter, if we come on to it in a bit, I think there's definitely interest in Hunter, and that'd take that'd take a bit of money. I don't know how much it'd take, but um, I can't see us spending money in any other position though. Can't see us signing a striker for money, so I don't know. I think the the things that's bothered me is that even like Luton have come up and spent you know over a million quid on a goalkeeper that's coming in from 
I think it's Croatia. Yeah. When was I'm pretty sure that Stuckman was the last sort of signing that came in from abroad, and that was like 2011. Yeah. Like when <clears throat> that's just something that we're not doing at all. And we've been in this league for four years, and yet Luton mm. have just come up and are able to sort of... They've just spent on a goalkeeper what we were so buzzing about spending on Brad Potts in January. Yeah. And even that was because we'd got money in for Hugo and Cunningham like six months to a year before that, whereas Luton have just been able to come in and do it. Straight away. Yeah. They haven't had to sell... I suppose they sold, they sold James Justin, I guess, but... Um, they yeah, sold both fullbacks, haven't they? Yeah, they've still managed to come up into the championship and immediately sort of set the stall out that they that they can spend if that they're willing to do it and they're willing to go into the sort of a European market to strengthen where they need to. We've been quite clear though, haven't we, as a club? I think Ridsdale said at previous fans forums or through the press, whatever it is, that we have very little interest in shopping in foreign markets. That we we like shopping in the British market. I can't remember the exact reasons that he quoted, but <clears throat> I think it was along the lines of the fact that there's obviously not the language barrier, they understand the work ethic and all that sort of stuff, but you're not telling me that you couldn't go out and find a, a decent quality, I don't know, for example, lower league French player that could come in and fit right in the squad and, and also do a job. I mean, Like Silas Wamangtuka. Uh, yeah, I know him well, yeah. Well, well uh, an, an example that comes to mind is Riyad Mahrez. You know, Leicester signed in for I think about six hundred thousand pounds from a second division French team or whatever it was. Yeah, the only thing I'd say about that is because I follow French football quite a lot. The the um the cost has increased dramatically since then. Like even second division players now are costing two, three, four million, which we'd never do, would we? Would yeah, we? no, we wouldn't. So it's a different market now, but if you look at my, I've got my mate works at Barnsley, and I think they've signed four or five players from either Holland, Germany, and Belgium, aren't they? Yeah, they got they got they've signed like players from three or four countries, um, and it's all like moneyball approach, like stats, and then the eye test. So um, it look, it sounds like we're just shopping with players that we know. Leagues that we know as well. A little, a little bit, a little bit complacent, maybe. Mm. Well, it, it, it smacks of what our wider transfer policy seems to be, which is very safe and enough to keep us going, ticking over. But in in much the same way, these foreign players might be a sort of risk in the same way that actually spending more money than we usually would might be a risk, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like dipping into these pools of players could really pay off for us, but we just don't seem to be doing it in much the same way. We're not spending money. Personally, I'm not too bothered that we're not that we're not looking abroad. But oh well, a, I mean, lot, not, not, speci- players, not specifically, but there's a lot of players in League One that I'd fancy us to go and sign, who we probably wouldn't even touch just because of the fee, which is where it gets a bit annoying for me. Yeah, the Peter Barone said this recently. Um, Ivan Tony. Yeah. Well, like we sort of he claims at least that we missed out on him last summer, and now he says that there's just no way that we could get him because we wouldn't pay that sort of money. Yeah. So already that's that mm. boat has been missed, really, hasn't it? Yeah. I think that says something else about Same us though. In, more. in the mm. other other clubs now are probably getting to know that if if we come in with an offer for one of their players, that we're not going to spend big money, um, which on on one hand could 
work in our favour. If you get what I mean, in that clubs are probably more than aware that we're not going to come in with two, three, four million pounds for a player. Um, so even if they wanted to try and get that kind of money for a player, if we yeah. were the only club interested, they'd maybe be more inclined to accept a lesser offer. Yeah, but because of our history. Yeah, but I think that doesn't happen anymore, does it? There's no, there's no, there's never just one club interested in a player now, unfortunately. Because I think all the players that we're in for, well, there's always like a similar group of clubs, isn't there, who seem to be in for the same players. Mm-hmm. So you got Wigan now, probably Blackburn, and then a few of us, and we all seem to be. Uh, I think Walton's going to Blackburn, isn't he? Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. looks like it. Tomorrow, apparently. So, and there was definitely interest from us. Um, and he's just been at Wigan. <laughs> and he's just been at Wigan, yeah. So yeah. We seem Dahl, to be Dahlberg's shopping for the same... becoming our best option, isn't he? Yeah, I think you're probably right, Dan. We're running out of options now. So, to be honest, I wouldn't mind that. I've seen him play once. Oh, I'd probably take him, but then I'm just heavily biased towards Swedish people. So. Yeah. <laughs> as long as, as long as you don't, we, it's hard to say. Obviously, if he's never played games, but. I just, I'm not comfortable with the keepers we've got. No. And obviously Alex Neal is not either. I was say Neal isn't either, is he? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're alone on that one. Um, I mean, the, the way the way seasons run, he seems to be resigned to using Ripley as a number one rather than actually enthusiastically putting him out as that number one choice goalkeeper. Because mm-hmm. it's usually like first half against Brigg is who you start with. Usually the Premier League teams, we start our first choice goalkeeper against, and Ripley's been the one that he's used. But I think this week will be quite telling, to be honest. Um, I think if I would expect Rudd to start on Tuesday against Accrington, mm. um, but I think Friday night against Fleetwood's going to be going to be interesting to see what kind of squad yeah. he cobbles together. I think it'll be the likes of Rudd, Rafferty. I'm not That's- sure about. He'll be Huntington. I will be surprised if he mixes in a few of the younger lads as well. Yeah. I think it's fairly clear who's going to be at Fleetwood. I think, I think Adam O'Reilly and Jack Baxter will get games at Fleetwood. I, was, I still think the squad's big enough for him not to play. I think Ledson will play. Maybe get one of Gallio, DJ, Harrop. So I'm not sure. If maybe for the last half hour or so. Uh, I'd imagine generally he'll be there. And Potts needs minutes, doesn't he? Malt will be the striker, I would think. Yeah, so it's clear to most people now anyway who's going to be starting. I hope the front freeze what it was on Saturday. I think it will be. So I think it will be as well. But I think that that mention of sort of Adam O'Reilly and Jack Baxter um, brings me on to, I think, Philip Koku said this week that Derby are going to be looking more toward promoting from within um, this coming season. Obviously, they're sailing pretty close to the FFP guidelines. Um, mm. but yeah, I was going to say that that's a consequence of failing to get promoted for the last 10 years. Three years. <laughs> 10 years. Well, yeah, more specifically. But I think bringing that back round to us, are we really in a position to be able to promote from within? Are our young lads good enough or I don't, I don't think our setup's churning out quality players at the rate where that can be a reliable option to be honest I mean who was the last player that came through our academy who's gone on to have an actual impactive career, career in the football league probably the only one that springs to mind is Danny Mayer to me yeah exactly I mean Jamie Proctor's been in the league and thereabouts but he's not exactly 
impressed anywhere, is he? No. Yeah, uh, rather, I'd rather rely on loans, me, from the Prem. Mm. I'd rather just do them for a year. <clears throat> it'd, be more effect- it'd be more effective. I was selfishly kind of hoping we'd maybe see Ethan Walker maybe once or twice in pre-season. Obviously, he's, incredi- he's still incredibly young, but yeah. he seems to be one that there is a little bit of hope for. Yeah, I think I think Adam O'Reilly ticks that box as well. Um, you know, he's doing well with the island youth set up and has been in and around squads. Like he was in the squad against Brentford the last game of the season. Um, but whether that actually comes to the fore or not. The biggest thing for me is about our academy players is we always just get them terrible loans, don't we? <laughs> yeah. they, just, they go to Lancaster, they go to... They just go to like, I can't remember, was it Hyde last season? Just yeah, Adam O'Reilly went yeah. on loan to Hyde. Not, I think it's played not five level, games. Yeah, it's just, it's just no level of football. So um, you want to be looking at conference, really. Last one that seemed really good them. was when they loaned Mayer out to Tranmere, and that's yeah. going way back now, isn't it? Yeah. The, the other one as well that springs to mind is when Will Hayes went on loan to York, uh, okay. part of their promotion campaign. And Ben in the Davis, playoffs, I think. Yeah. Connor yeah. seems to himself a decent move. We, uh, we Carlisle's Carl not too bad, is it? But yeah, um, yeah. Like it's solid enough league two side, aren't they? Yeah. Another, thing, another thing I wanted to ask about youth players, like what happened to that lad with the bad haircut from Bolton? Who's supposed to be Luke O'Connell? Really? Yeah, that's the one. Sam Celtic. Celtic. Oh, is he signed for Celtic? Yeah. Well, you can just tell when a player because at, at the start at the start of the summer there was the, there seemed to be a bit of a buzz about us signing a couple of youth players who'd been released by. Other clubs. Yeah, yeah you, you covered the them quite a bit, didn't you, Ollie? Yeah, like, um, pieces on them. I think one of them was uh, was it Max Broughton from Bolton. He played a yeah. game trialist, and Iad Hamoud from Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, he was quite highly rated, wasn't he? Apparently, yeah, he, was, he was named in some like Guardians like top fifty summit or other as being like prospects or something yeah, like that. To be highly touted and. They released him at the end of the season, but there hasn't really been any word about whether he's getting a deal with us or not. Same with the lad at Bolton. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Definitely interesting. Because you'd think, obviously being in the position we're in, that we seem quite reluctant to spend any money, that we'd maybe be a bit more of a, not a reliance, but maybe more of a push toward the youth side. But there just doesn't seem to be. I think there was a talk about that development squad as well, or whatever you want to call it, and that's just not. You know, I think I think you can lump that in the same group as the training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, but we've got a good squad now. We just want a couple. Of, I don't even I'm not even bothered about youth players, me. Just want to get some good loans in. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Because I don't think any of them players are going to play anything this season, are they? The three, four, five youth players that we've got. Yeah, I'd be surprised. And I wouldn't even include him in the squad numbers. Unless there's uh, a third season of a mass injury crisis. I know, but even then, what did they get? None of them started again, did they? No, but a few of them got minutes, didn't they? Adam O'Reilly, I think Ethan Walker as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not going to happen, I don't think. But we seem to have got a few. O'Reilly's probably the most highly rated, isn't he? I think. And then Walker. Then yeah, back there was uh, there was talk of Celtic looking at O'Reilly yeah. for his yeah. contract. Yeah, 
So I just hope they get good loans. I'm not bothered about them playing. Mm. Well, yeah. Get, get him out to Bury. They need players. <laughs> just give him, yeah, just give him to Bury. Honestly. I'd, I'd say other clubs do it well in the division. Like, once. Once they've got a player in and sell them off for big money, they find ways to reinvest it in more young players and they get developed and sell and it just keeps going round and round. Whereas with us, like we sold Hugo at a massive profit and it took us a year to replace him with, uh, as much as I like Stockley, a League Two striker who's, what, 25 mm. for 750 grand? Mm. And... I, 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 there was like little sort of warning signs for me when he kept getting subbed at half time. Yeah. And it was just one of those where it was like, that's something you feel like Neil would only do if he had reservations. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, was with, more than him. I was with my dad before chatting about North End and stuff, and Stockley got brought up. And even my dad asked the question, well, why have we signed him? That's the thing, like if you buy that that's that's a cheap way out and then you've got to buy three or four or five of them cheap strikers for the price that you could sign one in. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know how much malt was, Stockley, Owen Doyle, Stevie May, probably a few others. You're probably honestly, talking over over two or three million on those that Easy, easy, easy more than that. And they just they just don't make an impact because they're not good enough. Mm. It's as simple as that. So it's about reinvesting. <clears throat> it's like what Ollie was saying. You can't really get better if you sign uh, Jaden Stockley. You just can't get better. Yeah, I, I've, I honestly have nothing against Stockley. I think he's fine. But the money was there to go and try. Like, I know they wanted to keep for more, and that fell by the wayside a bit. Yeah. It feels like the same going to happen with Robinson, where we sign a player for pittance, sell them on for big money, and then that next bit is lost a little bit. Yeah, we only do two thirds of the three things. We're doing two of the three in terms of developing, selling and then reinvesting. And it'll catch up with them eventually when, you know, once Pearson, Brown and Davis are gone, which you'd imagine we could be a year away from because they're all out of contract. It's almost inevitable, isn't it? Yeah, unless you go up, you're going to struggle to keep hold of them. And then after those three are gone, all of a sudden the saleable assets are diminished massively because they haven't reinvested it in mm. the young players that can develop again. Yeah, well, with the squad we've got at the minute, <clears throat> say Pearson, Brown and Davis are the three that leave at the end of next season. It, who else have we got that, that is a saleable asset, really, that's going to bring in that much money? There's not really any that spring to mind, is there? Story only worth four or five million come the end of this year. Story you could see... Um, if they if they manage to get Earl back to some sort of yeah, because because when he first came on the scene, there were rumours of Premier League interest. Well, it was after that we played Newcastle in a pre-season friendly, didn't we? And it was like a yeah. day or two after that that they were linked with him. So if they can get him back to some sort of because he looked just shot of confidence at the end of last season. Yeah, absolutely. So you'd be saying story Earl. I think Harrop could be anything, me. Yeah, Harrop, Harrop I know a lot, go, a lot of people don't Harrop like him. could go like that, or he could go like that. Yeah. Big season for him, this one. Yeah, I think he could be very good. Well, I hope so. I think he has got quality. I just, I just wanted to show a little bit yeah. more. He, needs he looks to, um, 
it's men's football and he needs to get used to it. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, he looks to me like he still thinks he's sometimes playing in the under-23s. Yeah, exactly. And he needs to find, I think his best position is number 10 in it and he, he's never going to play in front of Brown, is he there? No. So, I don't know, it's a, it is a big year for him though. Thing was, he got forced into playing as uh, as like a number eight at Leeds away in the cup. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Because Leeds yeah. sent off, and Neil said that was his best game for us. Yeah. So you wonder if he could maybe reinvent himself a little bit, but I still think the talk of him being Gallagher's like heir apparent are mm-hmm. way off for me. At the moment. Yeah. I think I think the only reason that ever got mentioned was his quality from set pieces. <laughs> yeah. It, in in general football terms, he's a completely different player, yeah. let alone quality-wise. Even just in terms of influencing a game, he's just not... Yeah. He hasn't shown anything like... Mm. But, but I guess we took Galli on loan when he was a similar age and people couldn't stand him, so... Mm. Well, when, when we first took Galli on loan, he was a striker. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't think... That, I but... can't see Harrop ever moving back. I think he's a natural attacker, Harry. Yeah, yeah I think he is. Yeah. I'm not but sure. I, d- I don't think he's got the physical presence to be a proper midfielder. He's just a little bit light, lightweight yeah. for me, Harrop. I think, yeah. like, uh, like we just said, he, he, I wouldn't be surprised if there comes a point with Harrop where he's going to have to reinvent himself because he, he's never going to get anywhere near that number 10 position um, as long as Alan Brown's here. The only thing you could say is we played two number 10s last season, didn't we? True. At times. On the first game of the season against uh, QPR, Brown and Harrop started two number 10s. Yeah. So that could be like a potential uh, like tactical option. But you've got Pat Sarah as well now, who I think is going to play central quite a lot. Yeah. I know um, me, and, me and you, Ollie, said after the Bamber Bridge game that Seeing Harrop in the first half playing in what you'd coin as Robinson's position, if you will, um, that he, he looked all right and that he could potentially be one that could step up into that position in the long term. But I think as the games have gone on and he's played against the likes of Chorley, um, obviously he didn't get on against Southampton. Um, and I think, did he play the second half or the first half against Court? <coughs> came off with an injury? Yeah, he, first half. He, he doesn't really look like he's against the better level of opposition he, he actually despite what me and you said after the brig game he doesn't actually look like he could step up into that position it's not his natural position is it no it's not he's it, basically isn't is it, you play without and you play without a wide player if you play him there yeah if you know what i mean yeah. you, need, you need the full back to over well to be fair robinson was the same last season Robinson was not a winger. People are talking. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. People are talking about um, a winger for Robinson, but Ashley Hunter's not a winger. Um, but that might be something as well in a bit. Um, like the tactical thing's going to flip round next season. I think we'll see Barky, Barky on the left and Bowden like more more like narrow on the right. I don't think. I almost think Harrop's becoming like a victim of Bowden's like great preseason because they've both been out for so long. Mm. Bowden's the one that's coming firing and everyone's really excited about him. Yeah, Harrop hasn't, and you it's sort of mm. it sort of he, left him in the shadow a bit, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, he just, he just can't get, get a run. But, but then, but then that's as much his fault as it is the fault of circumstance. Yeah, really. true. You just can't put your finger on why. 
He doesn't affect games. You just can't put your finger on why. Mm-hmm. Considering he seems to be someone that's got a lot of confidence, considering what he said in the press earlier on in the summer about yeah, uh, that, that wanting, strange. wanting yeah. to be the best player in the championship. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was an odd one, but I think your mention a minute ago of Ash Hunter moves us on nicely to the to the next section, uh, which is about Ash Hunter of all people. Um, and whether we've actually got any interest in him or not, um, I think with this seeming reluctance—not reluctance, sorry—with this lack of being linked to actually buying any players, um, it, like, it, is it going to be one that drags out, or is it going to be the club are trying to work on getting him in on a loan or a loan? Well, I don't know. This is oh, what I'm saying. No. Like, there's, been no, crazy. there's been no talk at well, all. Nah, you're going crazy. I this love. is this is the thing. I know what Jack, I know what Jake's talking about because I almost wrote the same thing in my notes before, uh, where I was saying, um, like for argument's sake, Fleet would want 1.75 million for him, which I don't know a lot about him, but that seems the right sort of money for a good League One player. Uh, we'd offer 800 grand and say that that was our final offer, and then they would just reject it out of hand, and we wouldn't bother going back. But similarly to what. Um, Alan Nixon, I think it was, said about Barker. Uh, Man City are looking for a fee, and we're only offering to take him on loan. And I wouldn't believe a word that he says. To be fair, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know much about him. Whether he's like a reputable journal or whatever. Nah, but, um, a broken clock's right twice a day, isn't it? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> no chance. But, uh, <laughs> but even even just as a an analogy of that situation, I can't see any situation where we're going to be willing to pay money for Ashley Hunter so unless we are going to be really cheeky and offer a loan no, I don't see, which I, is I, entirely unrealistic as you say I don't but, think but, 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 but at the same time how many times have we seen on Twitter where something's come out and it and it seems completely unbelievable but the people that you're hearing it from uh, yeah. you're inclined to believe it <clears throat> Ollie, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the club are inquiring about a loan, but (laughs) I'm trying to make is that there's there's been no talk of us being linked with actually going out and buying a player. Ollie doesn't like hypotheticals, though. Yeah, but I know for a fact that we are interested in Ashley Hunter, and it's definitely not going to be on loan, is it? So yeah, well, uh, I suppose we we paid a million. We paid a million pound for Potts. It it wouldn't completely surprise me if the club tried it. Why? That yes. we, we've never done anything like that ever before. Surely See? North End can't be that like devoid of like being able to read the room. Like Gen- genuinely, <laughs> though, would it surprise you if they did? Yeah, yeah, I'd be absolutely shocked. James. Would really? <laughs> we want to take a two million pound player on loan. Are you? Is, is this? Is that? Are you being serious? Like. But like, no, I'm, not, I'm not saying that that is what's happened. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make. I, I think, I think that would, if yeah, the, the, happened and we heard about it, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised. I would. I would not put it past the club. Aston Villa, I, yeah. Aston Villa are going to come in for a loan offer for Ben Pearson then next week. Come on, <laughs> behave, behave yourself. <laughs> the point is, there's no point to this. Nah, we're paying money for Ashley Hunter. No, no. End of story. I'm just saying. I think the way the, the, the way the way we are with money, you can't compare us to other clubs, especially in the championship. We paid, we paid a million pound for Potts six months ago. Didn't yeah, we? what, what I was, was going to say is, that's that's another thing we're going to talk about though, because we pay money for players in January to paper over cracks that are left by really poor business in the summer by well, doing 
by doing things so, like offering loans when teams want fees, not necessarily for hunting, can't, but can't comp- uh, there's no way we should pay money for Brandon Barker if that's what you're talking about. There's no well, way. no, but as I'm saying, using that situation as a potential example, <clears throat> I think that's a very different situation though. I, I would not compare that to Hunter in any way. Well, well, no, well no, but what it, what it's an example of is penny pinching, which is what we're talking about. I honestly don't think we want Barker. So. Well, what, one thing I was going to say was it's become apparent that ever since Alex Neal's come in, things seem to have quietened up in terms of rumours doing the rounds in the mm. press, things like that. Um, and like you just said, Ollie, about Brad Potts, he was one that there was, I think, whispers about us being interested in him in, in him in the summer, and then, and the same with Bauer this window. It it's only been maybe a day or two before the actual transfer has gone through that things have come out and it's become common knowledge, if you will. Um, so I think maybe the the thing with Hunter, if if there is interest in him and we are working on a deal, that it, maybe it's one of them things that. There's just nothing out there, and then a day or two before the deal goes through, it'll do the rounds, and people start hearing about it because it's happened in the past. So I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm still shocked about Bashi um, Hunter on loan. <laughs> Thing is, what a city asking for Barker? He's got a year left on his deal. I'm sure they'll be able to claim compensation if they offer him a new deal next summer because he's out of contract. But what, what, what are they asking? That we're saying is way mm. too much. I just, I just think even if it's happened, I just don't think this situation has happened though. So I would not, I would not pay more than five hundred thousand pounds for him though. For Brandon Barker. Yeah, I'd feel uncomfortable paying any more than that. I think I'd go max like seven hundred and fifty. Yeah. It's more than that. Anyway. If it, if it got to deadline day and we still didn't have anyone playing out that side, seven hundred fifty would be my absolute maximum. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, 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 but like, but like Oli says, I don't think he would change us significantly enough to actually offer us something no. that would progress us. No. He didn't last year. No. All that he would do is replace Janelli on the bench. I was just going to say, don't forget, we've got the heir apparent in Josh Janelli as well. <laughs> I think that is honestly all he would do. I, don't, I can't see him ever starting a run of games when you've got Barkers and uh, Potts would play wide ahead of him, Maguire would play wide ahead of him, Bowden. I just can never see him playing games for us. And people seem to be forgetting he he did nothing last season. It's because he's fast. People think he's good because he's fast. Yeah, he's there's, there's too many FIFA football fans. Yeah, he's, un- right. he's unreliable in terms of injuries and there's little end product. Mm. And, so and, and the injury yeah. thing has not just been with us; it's been his whole career. If, yeah. if if some if somebody that wasn't with us last season was being linked with us with that injury record, that lack of end product. And probably the sort of money they're asking. There's no way people would want him. Exactly. They've seen the odd little bit from him last season and the fact that he's direct and he's fast. But yeah. for, like, what did we get out of it? The best thing he did... The best a good thing goal he did away at Leeds. Yeah, the, best thing, the best thing he did for us in the league last year was set up Robinson's goal against Bolton. That yeah. home. That was it. I suppose he made an impact coming off the bench at like Bora. Yeah. But, but that's, not but, en- that's not enough for me. Yeah, exactly. We've mentioned three games there that, that he's he's made a little bit of an impact in across a whole season. I just don't, that just doesn't justify yeah. for me paying what City would want for him. People say they don't want injuries like last season, but are clamouring for a guy who had a bunch mm. of injuries. I don't, yeah. I, 
it just doesn't make sense to me. And pe- people, people, um, whenever you mention Maguire now, they say, oh, it's not going to be, he's not going to play more than twenty games." But Barker's the exact same, so he's literally the exact same. Yeah. So I'm, I'm about to be shocked if Neil wanted him back. I'd actually be quite surprised. I yeah, well, I, I, I'd heard last season that Neil wasn't particularly fond of his attitude either. Mm. Uh, well, I think he was left out for like two months when he was fit. When he was, he wasn't injured. He was just yeah, left. and he took to Instagram, didn't he? I see. He had his little tantrum on Instagram, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. If you come through the academy of a team like Manchester City with media going on about you like the dogs, like you're the dogs bollocks, you're going to get a little bit of a front up, aren't you? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It just smacks of like. Just a spoiled little Premier League academy player. I mean, yeah. he might be a really nice lad, and you know, have nothing against him as a person. But from and how he other... represented himself at the club, it, it just then it left a bit of a sour taste. Yeah. The other thing, my, is... my biggest worry about Harrop when we signed him was that apparently he was a bit of a a diva. Yeah. People talk about Nemetra as if he thought he was like God's gift and and all that, but and then the same people are desperate to bring Barker back. Yeah, it so, just doesn't make sense. And it's like it's like them people in the town and who clapped when Daryl Hogan crossed the ball straight out of play. Like <laughs> you just you just don't understand what goes through the head. Like, so but honestly I don't think I'd be shocked if Barker came back and I'd be disappointed as well. Same. Well, yeah. to see. On the uh, topic of wingers, there's obviously been a bit of talk about Billy Bowden refusing to sign a new deal. Um there's a number of players, as we've mentioned earlier on in the pod, that are out of contract in the next sort of 12 to 24 months. Um, and I think now's the time after what's happened with Robinson and uh, and Barkhazen as well. Um, I think now's the time for the club to start showing that they're willing to sort of go out and impress these players if you will and, and make them want to sign a new deal offer them something a little bit extra go outside of the wage structure a little bit or increase the wage structure uh, in terms of the ceiling of it a little bit and, and try and keep these players tied down even though in the short yeah. run you might end up paying more in a wage if mm-hmm. they're going to go they're going to go but you'd rather as a club you'd think anyway you'd rather try and maximise the value of that asset by saying look if you want Ben Pearson, he's on a four-year contract. So, yeah, I think we the, value um, him at, at ten to twelve million with twelve months to go, but he's got four years, so you can add another, I don't know, five, eight million pound on top of that. Yeah, I think the Bowden thing is a, quite a strange situation. Yeah. So I would, I would kind of distinguish between that and what you've just talked about. Yeah, the sorry. Is, um, the thing is, I, I, I think just looking at it from an empathetic point of view, spending 11 months of your first 16 at a club on the, in the injury room is going to make you a little bit apathetic. I just wonder if you might want a fresh start. No, I, is... think, I think we're reading way too much into this. Like, I think I think the Bowden thing's all agent-led, isn't it? I don't even know if it's agent-led. I think he's just well, sens- sensible not to sign a contract. Well, the, re- the reason I started thinking about that was I thought about it being an agent thing. And... Make no mistake, he looks decent and he he impresses when he plays, but he's not had that sort of consistent impact in the team purely because of his injury that would earn him a move to a to a big club like Callum Robinson's gone off. Or no, I don't think. I think at his age and stuff now, he's looking at more a, a move to a big club in our league. 
And he probably backs himself, and he probably knows he's going to do bits next season. So I don't see why. <laughs> I don't see why. Why I hate would he that sign phrase? Oh. I know that's why I put it in. I don't see why he would <laughs> sign a contract now. If he has six months, if he has, if he gets to January, he's got double figures, goals and assists together. He stayed fit. Then it's within his interest not to sign a contract yet, because he'll get a better offer from us, or he'll get an offer from a big club. Yeah. Mm. He's like 28 in March. Exactly. It, it makes sense for him to keep it Shit, up. is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I thought he was younger than that. No. He's 27 now, 28 in March, just mm-hmm. off a big injury, playing well in pre-season. Yeah. It, it makes mm-hmm. sense for him to just keep the window open for, you know, a couple of months, see how he starts the season, mm-hmm. gauge the interest. Like, yeah. It is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's not even worth worrying about that at a minute. I think it's... DJ was similar last whenever it was, about a year ago. Last yeah, summer, wasn't it? Yeah. I think a lot of people assumed that he was going. Then mm. ends up turning around yeah. and staying, so... Yeah, I wouldn't worry about Bowden. <clears throat> At least we've got a good player on our hands. Yeah. At a good age. Yeah, true. Uh, but, true. But, yeah, the thing about um, Pearson, Brown and Davis, like, now, now is it's going to get quite itchy soon. So in 12 months, they're going to be in the Hugel situation, in the Robinson situation, so... And the longer you get towards, like, Christmas, then you, they'll start ticking it down, which they probably have no interest in signing now, anyway. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think many of them will have an interest, because no. they're not good... Like, brutally honest, they're probably not going to get to the Premier League with us. Mm. No. Not showing any no. that that's what we want to do, so... Uh, one of them went in January, to be honest. Despite the club's best efforts to try and convince people that that is what they want to do, well, yeah. I think I, I I personally think Pearson will leave in January, as long as he's not had three suspensions by that time already. That's the only thing keeping him here. Yeah, <laughs> he's suspended all the time. Um, so I think then the final point before we go to a break um, is, and again, I think we alluded to it earlier on in the pod. Are we at risk of being left behind um, in this league if we don't spend any money? And on the one hand, it's good to have a transfer policy like we do, um, but buying cheap and developing players can only take us so far if, like Ollie said earlier on, we don't do the final third of that and reinvest the the money. The thing is, what do you mean by being left behind? As in not... Challenging for promotion, or is it being right relegated? I think those of us who have been going on for longer than the last ten years or so can remember exactly what we mean by being left behind. It happened uh, the last time we got relegated. You just have to look. We were we were consistently in and around the playoffs. Then we finished lower mid table one time. Then we got into the playoffs again lost to Sheffield United, then got relegated the next year because teams were just improving, improving, improving. And we were not spending money, not signing good enough players. I mean, the season we got, we went down, you, the, the players we signed to take us up were Ian Ashby and um, <laughs> Andy Proctor. Oh, God. And, I mean... No, Andy Proctor came a bit after. But was that not? Yeah. Was, it, was he the next season? No, was I, that, just was remember, that I just remember us having an abundance of shit central midfielders was around that, that time. Was that to do with Darren Ferguson being absolutely terrible at his job as well? Right? But he he also wasn't bad. As as, if Alex Neil leaves, then I'd be concerned. But as long as he's here, there's absolutely no way. Thing he'll is, be anywhere near there. 
as long as long as he's here, I don't worry about us going down in the next couple of years. I but, just think we need to just take a moment. But, but, but by the time, as as we we just talked about Pearson, Davis, Brown leaving, if in and I think maximum eighteen months we'll have hold we'll have hold of those three. If by the time they leave, we haven't started invest investing money doing the third bit of that three part system that Ollie talked about earlier, we will be in trouble regardless of who's the manager because we will have one of the weaker squads in the division. I think that's that's the point that I'm sort of asking the question about is that will our sort of reluctance to go out and spend large amounts of money keep the squad competitive in the long run? Because the further it trickles down the leagues, the more average players will become more expensive. Thus, unless things change, thus ruling us out of buying even arguably average players. Yeah, and the way the way money and football is inflated, we are currently for the last couple of years we've been spending at the same level as maybe a mid-table league one side. And as as ridiculous as money and football is getting, and I'm assuming we're getting we're going to get to a breaking point at some point, Mm. but we're just going to keep trickling down with that money if you like and there's going to be a point where it catches up with us in terms of um on pitch achievement we can't keep outperforming our financial punch if you like if that makes sense yeah i just think if you look at the other squads i think we do un- undervalue our our squads uh, in, yeah honestly I, I, I think if you look at probably there's 12 teams in the league that i would just if you if you include the coach and the squad, I'm very confident we'll finish above like twelve teams at least. If you look at Millwall, QPR, Hull, Blackburn, Wigan. But we didn't we didn't Barnes. finish above we didn't finish above twelve teams last year, and we are weaker than we were at this point last season. I'd say we're a lot stronger now than we were for all most of last season. Really don't know about that. I'd say we are. When you when you think of all the players we've got back, right, I'd say we're a lot stronger now than we were for most of last season. Well, that's, but, that, but that's assuming we have an injury-free season. It's um, not. It's assuming we don't have seven, eight, nine injuries at once, which is fair um, to assume. Is it though? Really? I mean, yeah, it's it is. The last two seasons. It's fair to assume we have seven, eight, nine injuries at once. I think that's just fair. You you have to let me have that point. That's just fair, isn't it? Right. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But, and uh, even if we get four or five injuries, it won't it won't be won't kill us. But I'd say I think that this this squad is stronger now. I think. Do you have any worry about how the club's like presenting itself though? In uh, in sen- in the sense of like they put on the website like when they did the whole season ticket thing last year. There's a thing in um, the text right up on the website which said when we get to the Premier League. Mm. Yeah. But what have they done since then? Nah, if people want to believe that, then they can believe that's, that. Like, that's, always been, that's always been something that's, that's bothered me because there's the the club line is that the the intention is to reach the Premier League, but the club's actions do not follow that club line. And I get the point that Ollie would probably make, or gone in this situation because there's two, um, where you say, well, if you believe that, you're an idiot. But there's Still, the part of me that thinks 
if the club has no intention of really acting on those promises, I'll call them promises, then why make them? Because you're only well, going to piss people off. Well, that season that you're talking about, we were two points off the playoffs, weren't we? Yeah. So you can't say there's nothing there to say we want to get promoted. We were two points off the playoffs. But then... Yeah. You don't buy a season ticket on the premise that the club's wants to get promoted because every club wants to get promoted yeah but people want to buy a season ticket off the back of a club showing some ambition which you could well, argue we've signed you could, David, you, we signed you David could easy... <laughs> all right all right I'll, I'll flip that i'll flip that back on you then two weeks ago you were saying completely against david nugent if we were going to sign another striker who'd scored two goals last year was 34 yeah i lost all the pace that he lost that's what i'm on about i don't want david nugent but Sorry. You think about how you think about how many people, how many people now. You've just talked about wanting people to get season tickets. Bloody Dan Wheeler's got a David Nugent shirt in the background <laughs> of this podcast. Like, think about if people are actually bothered about stuff like that, then they would have bought a season ticket in the hey, last few days. Hey, I have always said that Nugent coming back would be massive for me, nostalgia-wise. But is it going to make you buy a season ticket? No, absolutely not. So, well, I'm also living in Bury next year. Well, I so, might, I may. The thing is, if I was living locally, I'd have probably bought a season ticket anyway. Yeah, I I, I'm one of them I'm not, fans that, so. provided I can afford it, I will always buy one, no matter what goes. But what, but what does ambition mean? So, it, who, it would have signed three or four big players this summer. Amb, 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 ambition means looking to progress, and because we've finished, yeah, but people won't just see... outside the playoffs three of the last four seasons, or well. Yeah, but when we sign players we, we like... We finished not too far away from the playoffs in the last four seasons. Then ambition, logically, is taking that next step and getting there. Even if we don't go up that year, but I would, it still shows that progression. Personally, I would say that signing Ashley Hunter would be more ambitious than signing David Nugent. But people's minds don't work that way. Well, 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 yeah, but signing a, a promising player is more ambitious than signing a 34-year-old who scored two goals last year. So I think it's but, different for everyone. I don't see there's one thing that would make someone... It's still not as ambitious as signing a player who's going to do it for us this year. Because Ashley Hunter, I don't doubt that he's already quite a good player with good potential. Is mm. he going to be the player that makes the difference and gets us up this year? Mm. No. I don't believe there's one player that could. But if you take Jordan Hugo, for example... But even even if we sign three or four Ashley Hunter type players, just take Jordan might, Hugo might, for example. Might push seventh, sixth again, but but what you, you can't ask for much more, Dan. You just can't ask for much more. There's no team that's guaranteed to get the top six. Thing is, football is a results business, and you're not you're not doing your job as a fan if you don't want more. I'm just. I think I'm just a bit realistic. Like, there's just there's no way that a club our size can guarantee top six. Well, there isn't, but there's then no way we could, we could but, guarantee but then they keep peddling the, the same line of when we get to the premier league. Like you said, Ollie, a clock can be right twice a day. Surely <laughs> no, if, they do, if they do it for long enough, there's going to come a point where we end up in the prem and they'll say, well, we got there. It might've taken us 24 years, but we did it. I just think we're being a little bit unfair on the club. I, I really, honestly, at 27, I've been supporting North End as long as I can remember. I genuinely don't think we are being unfair on the club. I think the club is massively unfair on the fans, to be honest. 
there's there's just there's just a common theme, isn't there? Every summer, near enough, there's there's just apathy, or so it seems, amongst the fans because, and and more so recently than than, than oh, ever. People just people have got. Sh- Five days ago, it was some 40-year-old men's best day of their life when Nugent came back. <laughs> this is five days ago, and we've not signed anyone in five days, and now people are talking about relegation. Like, just, I think people I don't say anyone talking about relegation. Yeah, I don't think people are talking relegation. I just well, think... when we listen back to this podcast, relegation... Who's predicting relegation? Well, it was mentioned five minutes ago. By who? By you. <laughs> I, I, I think I distinctly said that I didn't think we'd get relegated. No, but to even mention like being uh, amongst those teams, uh, well, I, I just think it's unfair. I think if you look at the squad we've got, I think it's honestly underrated. I think it's a top half squad. I agree with you. Yeah, but we'll lose the key components of that squad in within 18 months. And then our best player is going to be what? Yeah, but we'll make six, seven signings in the next 18 months. Yeah, but if the only players that we're signing are your Jaden Stockleys, we're going to get progressively of a lower standard of football. And I just, I just like, thought... like, like Ollie said, I, I like Jaden Stockley. There's something about him, but he's not going to get us there. And these £750,000 players from League Two are never going to get us anywhere. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't know why we're signing but... I think, Ollie, have you got anything else to add on that? Or, um, I think people look at the money that like Wigan and Blackburn can spend, and sort of wish that was us in some cases. So, Blackburn just spent five million on Sam Gallagher. Wigan putting three mil up for Hugel, another three million up for Jamal Lowe. For us, we don't we don't necessarily need that. What I'd say is that if they could give us two or three more in that sort of Brad Potts type where it's, you know, just scaling up the spending a little bit where it's in the sort of one million to one and a half region, two or three players that have still have a bit of resale value afterwards. Then I think people would be at least, at least seeing that there's an effort being made. Yeah. I I saw a a graph today uh, where, uh, I mean, Ollie knows more about the financial stuff than me. I think it's like allowable loss under FFP, something like that. Loss that you're allowed to make is exactly the same as Wigan's. We're allowed to make like a £30.9 million loss or something like that. I've no idea. But um, that's the sort of money that we should be dipping into. The thing is, they've got they've got similar crowds, and that's something that Preston often point to that we don't have the crowds to go and spend big money, especially wages. But they all, I, as far as I'm aware, neither of them have sold their best attacking player either for yeah. 8 million quid. And we're still finishing above them. Yeah, but there's, there's finishing above them and then there's actually challenging for the playoffs. Mm. I think we'll challenge, but we'll see in a year. But finishing, a, finishing, a, finishing above two very average sides isn't good enough. To be honest, if, with, if, with... If, if we want to show the A word, the A word, <laughs> I think we'll, we'll just have to see. Does, we can't say anything now, can we? We just have no idea now. But if you just rattle through the players who are fit, honestly, I think it's 
Yeah, I do. I do agree I with you on that. We're, forget, we're forgetting how good some of these players are. I think. Yeah, I do, I do agree with you on that. I think some fans have a tendency to sort of undervalue what we've got. Think, if you look at the 12 game unbeaten run last season, if you look at them players, I think they could honestly beat anyone in the league and go on a good run like that. They beat they beat Norwich, who won the league. So yeah, comfortably as well. They can do it. It's just after losing Robinson, mm. you just hope that there's something that they're working on. Yeah, I think the Metro as well is a bigger loss than people are prepared to accept as well. That's quite yeah. worrying for me. Because he started 40 games, I think, 35, 40 games. And you've just lost him. Oh, what, 15, 14, 15 assists, including penalties, one? 14? The metro? Oh, no, I'm talking uh, goal, goal contributions um, as well as goals and assists. But he only scored, what, three goals? So. I think he scored three goals, got like five assists. But just in terms of like physical profile as mm. well. Yeah, yeah. the game, the game away at Rovers springs to mind. He was... Um, and he set up DJ's goal. Yeah, he, he was well, a big presence up top and yeah. running the. He's still the not channels. gone there, has he? He's not going. He, he was our own. He was our only outlet that Blackburn game. That second half was probably mm-hmm. the tensest I've been. I was last season. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, is that a good time to call it a break? Yeah. Then head into part two. Yeah, probably. Cool. Right. Cheers, lads. to part two of the From the Finney podcast. Um, so in this part, we're going to talk about the season ahead. And if we've got any time at the end, we'll, we'll answer a few fan questions as well. So in terms of the season coming up, who do you think out of the current squad, obviously, so in terms of incomings, we've got Bauer and Nugent at the time of recording. Um, who do you think has the potential to be a standout or a breakout player this season? Bowden for me, as uh, essentially be a new signing. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I don't know about you, Ollie, but I know other Ollie's got Bowden down as well. Um, Can we call him Bill? Bill, <laughs> your best mate, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, big, man, big man, Bill, boss man, Bill. Yeah, yeah Bill for me. I'd, I'd say Bowden's the standout one, isn't he? Like he's shown the he's been the standout in preseason. We haven't seen him in a league game since what end of May last year. Yeah, he missed since, since he since he got sent off against Burton for diving. For was it one yellow for diving, one for a handball? Yeah, yeah. absolute legend. That just shows it, it, was, it was the other way around though, wasn't it? He got booked for the handball yeah. and then yeah, and then then, then dived. Oh dear. The the most sort of Preston shit in red card of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the, the, the most Preston red card of all time was Billy Jones away at Burnley when we fucked up that 3-1 lead. Oh, we got a second yellow for taking too long to take a throw in. Yeah, I've, never, I've never seen that happen again since. <laughs> it's too late in the night to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say Bowden. I'd hope Harrop, but uh, yeah. My hope on that one is dwindling a little bit. Mm. 
I think Maguire as well. I think he'll score like 15 goals. But I don't think it's a breakout player because we we already know what Maguire's capable of. I mean, I mean we're not, but we're what not, people but... say now is he's, he's not going to stay on the pitch one. Ten games. I think. Yeah. I don't think. I, I think, don't think he is because hamstrings are just going to go again. No, nah, I think he'll. I think he'll score 15. I think he'll. I think he'll be fine. I think if he can stay fit, I think he can improve on that first yeah. goal, uh, that first season where he hit 10. Yeah, oh, I think yeah, he will. If he if he stays fit, he'll definitely he'll definitely hit 15. I think he'll surprise people. I think that will be a surprise. It's just a massive if. I think Barky as well. I think people forget people how good Barky can be. So much. Yeah, I think people are forgetting how good he actually can be. Yeah, Tom, if you're listening, we don't hate you. So please don't do the hands to the ear celebration. <laughs> no, please, please do it more. Kiss the badge. Yeah, no, I don't kiss the badge. Just, <laughs> just do the hand celebration more. Honestly, if, if he can score 10 goals easy, Barky. And, uh, yeah, well, he got six last year, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't. So, he, he didn't perform well enough last season, but we probably got, got five or six players who could get towards double figures. Well, I'd, no. I'd, I'd say other than Maguire, Barky's probably our best one-on-one finisher. Yeah, probably fair. Yeah. I like Brown as well in a one-on-one situation. Yeah, Brown's Brown. Um, yeah, they, they always hit the target. To be fair, do you know what I want to see this season? I just want to see Ben Pearson score another goal. Mm. Is he, he only scored one? He's, still he's, one. he's, he's not yeah, scored since Villa. Villa. Yeah, Villa, yeah. Just, just for that celebration. <laughs> there's there's an uh, argument that people want... What wanted... was he angry about? Nothing had happened in that game. I don't, nah, know, I don't know why he was so pissed. <laughs> That's just how he plays. Oh, I love him. Just pure, yeah. Right? yeah. And I think, like, the opposite... Can we have an opposite? So, who has a potential to be shocking? Yeah, well, just before you go into that, I think another one for me, um, maybe a little bit obvious again, but story. I think if he's managed right and used properly this season, um, as much as I wouldn't want it to be because it will probably result in him leaving, but that's mm-hmm. inevitable with yeah. being North End. But I think this could be a massive one for him. Um, he looks like he's filled out quite a bit over the summer. And there was a point yesterday, I think in the second half, where he got the ball and he was maybe five yards outside the 18-yard box, and he had Nathan Redmond on his back. And I think you turned around to me, actually, Dan, afterwards, and just said, you just never worry about him sort yeah. of losing yeah. the ball. Which is one thing it was, about... It was Nathan Redmond. He, he, he turned Nathan Redmond, beat him, and cleared the ball. Yeah. I mean, it, it went out for a throw, but like we said, if that had been Hunts, he'd, he'd, he'd have tried to pass it back in field and given it away. Do you remember the... Um... The one thing about stories is back pass is actually shocking. I don't know if you've noticed. No, I remember one against Doncaster in FA Cup. He puts the keeper yeah. in trouble a lot with his because they're always under him. Remember the goal yesterday? It was it was absolutely terrible back pass. Oh, was it his for the first goal? Yeah, it was. It was I shocking. Know, I didn't notice. That. It was terrible from Ripley, but um, I thought Ripley, 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 Ripley's kicking all game yesterday was just yeah. But uh, I thought story was actually quite poor. I watched the first 45 back today. I thought it was poor yesterday. Yeah, it wasn't his best game, which is why but, I said if, if he's be... used properly and managed properly this season, yeah. I think he, he could be one. I know you could argue he's already sort of broken out or had a standout season, whatever. But I think if he's used in the right way this year, it could be another big one for him. Mm. Well, he had, a, he, had a stand, he had a standout four months last year, didn't he? Yeah. Where he was just beatable for... Go on, who are you going to say is the opposite then? I can't wait. Um, I hope I'm not wrong, but Gally. You, you mean you hope you're wrong? 
Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what did I say? Yeah, I hope, I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm wrong, but I think Gally's just. I think he's just. He's uh, gone. Do you reckon this will be the year his age catches up with him? Yeah, potentially. I think we might see him more in like the false left. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna happen at some point, isn't it? Really? Because even to... even who was it against? Was it Bolton away last year? No, I'm talking about pre-season. This oh. he just couldn't run. He just he was gone after like 40 minutes. I just think uh, Gally's that player that's gonna be, that's gonna be playing for us long after he's not good enough anymore. And it's good. I, I just worry about it tarnishing his tarnishing his relationship with the fans a little bit. I don't know. I disagree with that. I don't think well, Alex is that kind well, of manager. I well, think that's, that's happened to Hunts. Has it really? He persisted with him a little bit too long at the start of the season last season, but mm. I think he quickly realised. But the but the fact that he's still here and he's still going to be a liability if he gets football in the championship. If he gets football, he's fifth choice as it stands, in yeah. my opinion. I know what I'm saying about Gally, but he'll never be a liability, Gally. Who's, who's of Clark. Clark. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm thinking of him as a right-back. Because of where Gally plays, you can protect him more than a centre-back. And he he has got quality, but I just think mm. I think we'll see DJ a lot more. In yeah, I think I think the fact that DJ started yesterday against Southampton was quite telling. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else? Um. No, not so much somebody that I think will be bad. More just I don't really see why we signed him, but uh, Joe Rafferty. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, if, because. Because I don't think he's going to start even with Fisher out. I think he's going to go with Clark at right back, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Wonder why. Because they, they they sort of gave up quickly on Callum Johnson, didn't they? When they tried signing yeah. Crington, they sort of packed that in quickly. Went mm. for Lafferty, and it already is another one where you sort of wonder whether he's actually in favour under Neil or not. Yeah, and just whether he was just a signing just to try and bring a body in to fill a space. That, that's how it felt. And I know they didn't pay much for him, but it doesn't look good if Fisher is struggling and it's Clark that's getting... Yeah, that's what it will be. He looks every inch uh, League One right back, doesn't he? He just looks like a solid... Steady. Fullback, like, a, a little bit like Neil Buchanan was. A bit like Callum Woods and Buchanan for me, yeah. Neil yeah. Buchanan, was he not... Do you mean David Buchanan? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who's yeah, the, who's deal? Art attack. I hosted art attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, David Buchanan. We, we've we've all had moments like that. Me with uh, me with um, me with Matt Bauer as well. <laughs> no, Jack Bauer. Or Jack Bauer from twenty four. You've made up another person, man. <laughs> who's Matt Bauer? I'm gonna have to Google that now. Jesus. Um, but yeah, I think one for me that has the potential to be massively disappointing. Uh, and I think this could... Well, it, it, it is a make-or-break season for him, is Josh Harrop. Yeah, absolutely. Mentioned him before. There's, there's but, something about Harrop. I don't know if it's that he's from Man United, but there's just something in me that so wants him to come good. I don't know if it's just the initial promise that he signed with. I know but, what you mean. I think I, I yeah. kind of same way. I quite like there's, him. There's just there's so much expectation That's not me saying I think he's, he's shit or I don't like him. I, yeah. I do really like him. And like Dan's just said, you know, I really I want him to do well, but I just have a. Could mm. just be the fact that I've been a North End fan for so long that I'm now naturally pessimistic. But 
I did lose I did lose a lot of respect for him when I saw him in the Jeremy Kyle audience. <laughs> that was that was a breaking point for me. I was going to go on that. You were going to go on it? Well, to the audience to watch oh, it. Right. <laughs> well, that's not that much of a drama. <laughs> I feel like with Harrop, the expectations wouldn't have been so bad if he came in like a Pearson or a Grimshaw. Mm. But the fact that, no, that he couldn't like, like Grimshaw. I know, but the fact that he played like one first team game for United and scored a yeah. brilliant goal. And then a few weeks later, signed for North <laughs> It was... Yeah. It raised expectations massively. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, moving on to the next point then. Um, if this season doesn't turn out like Oliver Gornall was so sure it would earlier on, um, we find that we're in uh, a tough position at, uh, come January and, and they're maybe struggling a little bit and a bit further down the league. Do we think that the January window will be another one that the club will go out and spend decent money on some quality players? Again, highlighting the fact that this has the potential to be a somewhat disappointing summer. Yeah, because the fear of relegation is greater than the desire to go up. Yeah. It depends how bad the situation is. It's happened too many times for it not to be the case. Where, yeah. where if we're really struggling, they'll try in January to do something. But when we're looking for that little bit of a push to go to the next level, it ain't there. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I completely agree. One that always stands out to me is um, Billy Davis's. Don't know if it was his last summer or his second to last summer. Um, if I remember correctly, he wanted to sign, I think it was Stephen Davis. For about a million, maybe just over, but he was like 30. Southampton Villa kind of guy. No. You know about the Derby striker? The Derby striker, yeah, yeah. Christ, not a bite, Dan. Go back to Billy Davis's days and (laughs) Stephen Davis isn't that old. Um, No, yeah, the Derby striker. And well, I don't know if he was at Derby at the time, but anyway, he he wasn't allowed to sign him. Billy Davis left. I don't remember Derby. Stephen Davis. It might not have been Stephen Davis. It was. It was. He's a scouse lad, isn't he? Yeah, big lad. Yeah. But he went... Billy I, Davis left. Stephen Howard. Stephen Howard, that's the one, not Stephen Davis. Oh, well, Stephen oh, Davis. Yeah but, it, yeah, but it's me that's stupid from thinking you mean the guy that, that's actually called Stephen Davis. That <laughs> yeah, well, no, but my point to you, Dan, was think timescales. <laughs> but going back to Billy Davis, is anyone really going to be still playing at that level? Stephen, Steve Davis was playing football back then. Well, I'll take your word for that. But anyway. Yeah, Steve Howard with Big Lad, one of the real Yeah, yeah. Billy Davis And the word was that Hemmings wasn't willing to pay that amount of money on someone that was, I think he was like 30, 31 yeah, at the time. He's 30s, wasn't he? He left, went to Derby, Billy Davis signed him and they went up. So I think, again, it, it smacks of that, um, you know, come the following January, we spent big money to avoid relegation. Mm. Where were we last January in the table? 17th. Uh, I think so. Something like that. I don't remember what the kind of points total was or the di- or the distance. We just started to pull away from the proper threatened pack, but mm. we weren't quite clear of them yet. I'll check after the Rotherham game, because that was January 1st. Uh, we were 17th, seven points clear of relegation. How far off the playoffs? Like 15? 14 points off. Mm. Yeah, that, that just comes to be my table, that, isn't it? So, 
17th is pushed in mid table for me. So, aren't we? You are. We'd had a patchy Christmas because of all the injuries. Because we, yeah. we lost at Wednesday, lost at home to Hull, drew with yeah. Villa, and then should, beat at Rotherham. Should have be, beat Villa. We should have beat Villa then. And then and we yeah, we, sh- we should have really beat Rotherham as well, to be honest. Yeah, played all right there. If it wasn't for Declan Dudd yeah. flapping about <laughs> in that. Yeah. Diving the wrong way for a fucking free kick. <laughs> Let it out, Dan. Still, still. Let it still, out. Still hurts. That was yeah. was that not that was that was the final straw with Graham Burke, I think, weren't it? Rotherham should have scored twice if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think you're right. But that was a, that was um in the middle of all the injuries, and then did we not play Doncaster the weekend after in the court? And got absolutely runners rackets. <laughs> yeah, and then improved after that. So it was seventeenth though in in uh, January. I won't be I won't be um like worried, but. I'd rather be around the top 10, of course. Well, so following on from that then about spending in January, um, if, for example, another approach comes in for Alex Neal, um, do we think that it could be a final straw for him if if this summer pans out how it's looking like it's going to pan out at the moment and we're struggling come January and say... I don't know, say West Brom come back in for him, say it doesn't work out with Slavin Bilic. Just picking a team off the top of my head, mm. but yeah. there's an I abundance think... you could choose from. Do you think that that is going to be maybe a, like the final straw for him? Do you think that maybe he would? I think in, the, in that scenario, by come January, if he's still not been backed, if West Brom come back in for him, I think he's dust, to be honest. Because, I mean, the, realistically, the only thing that kept him here this time was the, uh, assumedly the promise of something happening this summer. From what I've heard, his his um, family are very settled in the northwest. But he's not. But he's not so. a. He's not an idiot. I don't think he'd fall for false promises for a second time. I think he knew exactly what he was doing signing three contracts here. He's under no pressure now, is he? So he can't lose from this situation. Mm. Even if we're doing, even if we're twentieth, he's never going to get sacked. I don't think so. It's, well, it's no, not okay. promises because it, 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 even if we were doing all, even if we were doing awfully, and it was his fault, which I'm not saying is an eventuality, but mm, even in that situation, now that he's got a three-year contract, the club wouldn't actually pay the money to fire him, would we? The thing so. is, I'm not sure we can say anything about promises when we don't know what was said. I think maybe no. a three-year deal is a lot different to a one-year rolling contract. That's mm. probably the main thing for him. But I think every time a big club sacks a manager, this is going to happen. Yeah, well, it's happened with Chef Wednesday, hasn't it, already? It happened when when, when we're in League One and doing okay with Grayson. It happened every time someone sacked the manager. Um, But I don't know. I I can't see Neil walking out of us just yet. Maybe in next summer. I just can't see it this season. I think he's just quite settled. It depends how the rest of this window goes. And I think he loves all the control. Because if you go to a big club like that, you're in the mercy of... More powerful people. Well, you could argue he's at the mercy of more powerful people at the moment. Nah, if you compare him to most other managers in the division, I'd say he's he's pretty. Um, he's got but, a lot. but he's also a young, talented manager, and he might forsake us for the sake of his career. Because he, I mean, he got, will eventually. He obviously will. Yeah. Yeah, 
And I'm not, I'm if, not he, sure. if, he, if he's not getting backed and if we're in a really poor position come January, there's no reason why it wouldn't be a little bit earlier than he may have originally planned. Because Neil, I love him, but he's pragmatic. I think he might, he, he, he seems like the sort of person who, rightly from a logical perspective, wrongly from a fan's perspective, might sack us off if he feels it's necessary for him. Mm, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure if this summer is like the final straw, though, which is what the question is. No, yeah, I suppose we've gone a little bit off. But but, we'll uh, just have to see. We'll yeah. just have to see how it pans out. But I don't if, say if we're twentieth, how many teams are going to be wanting to come in for Alex Neil if we're twentieth or, or something like that? Mm, yeah, I think if we're if we're towards the top end of the table, if we're top six, top eight around Christmas. I don't think he'd leave in that situation anyway. No. So, but, but then I don't think big clubs. I don't think their memory's short enough to forget what he's done already, mm. even if we are having a bad year. Maybe not, but would that, I don't know. I think I think Stoke Stoke is probably one that would worry me. If it didn't work out with uh, is it Graham Jones? Um, Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones. That's yeah. it. Graham Jones, 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 Graham Potter. <laughs> I'm always doing that as well. Yeah, Graham Jones has gone to Luton, new manager at Luton. That's it. Yeah, but I'm not worried about Neil at the minute. Um, cool. Right. Well, has anyone got anything to add on that? I think so. Nope. Nope. Um, time for some fun questions then. Um, I think this is one that you got sent uh, by DM Ollie, uh, which is a good one. Um, yeah. Shout out to Yasin. Thanks for listening. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. Good question. So, does the loss of Callum Robinson mean that we will look to change our tactical approach this season? Given that he arguably carried us in the first half of last season, do we have someone capable of stepping up or will his loss directly cost us points? It's a good question, but I don't think it can directly cost us points. I think whether we've got somebody capable of stepping up and whether anybody actually will step up are two different questions. Can we just look at the, um, the difference between the home and away results last season? When Robinson didn't play, I think we only won two games out of nine at home. That's the big one, isn't it? Yeah, have a cutting edge at home when teams. Yeah. Our home, our home performance has been the problem for three years. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but to answer the question directly, I think the tactical approach will be the same, but it'll be flipped around. So I think Barkley will play on the left. And Bowden on the Bowden. right. Yeah. That's definitely how. That's how definitely how we set up from the outset against Southampton. Yeah, and then the thing if Maguire starts up front, Bowden and Maguire have like a good understanding, uh, and then you have got Fisher overlapping, <coughs> and then Hughes will sit a bit more narrow. Um, but the way we play is not going to change, is it? Because we always change a bit away from home with Potts, Brown, Barkey. Mm. Yeah, like you said, we we we've in the past played with that two number tens, haven't we? Yeah. So there's a few things we could do tactically. We've got three or four ways of playing. Yeah. People don't really notice. Um, and obviously against like the likes of deep blocks at home, so maybe Millwall, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, maybe like a Barnes on oh no, a Barnsley press. But against sort of deep blocks, you might see like Stockley coming more direct. Um, but obviously when Callum Robertson isn't there, you're going to miss him, aren't you? Hundred percent. 
So, but I'm not sure if you can say it would directly cost us points. Yeah, I think that's hard to quantify, yeah. isn't it, really? Um, he still managed to pick up points when he was out injured, but that yeah. doesn't mean that he shouldn't be replaced. I think people people sort of thought this for some reason when we sold him. They were like, well, we, well, we still managed to get wins when he was out injured. But that's, yeah. That doesn't mean that he shouldn't. we shouldn't go out and sign somebody to replace him. Well, a lot of them came on that six-game winning streak away from home. That's what it was. We won yeah. six in a row, didn't we? Yeah. But the home form was a bit of a concern. Two wins problem, in nine. Problem solved, guys. We're better without him. <laughs> I think we'll end with this one from uh, Gab Sutton, uh, who is at underscore football lab on Twitter. Asks if Billy Bowden be- could become the final missing piece of the jigsaw. Again, I think we've probably alluded to what we think about that in the pod throughout. Mm. Um, I think there's a big jigsaw piece missing in the shape of Jordan Hugel, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a funny shaped jigsaw piece, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful jigsaw piece. That's what it is. Bowden will be a big player, I think. Yeah, like I said I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he's going to be almost like a new signing. Yeah, he's he's looked like it in preseason. Yeah, I think the the thing is with Bowden as well, he, he seems to have a good understanding with Maguire, which could be quite good. Yeah. So definitely not not the, not the final piece. I I wouldn't say, but definitely like an important part. Yeah, he's a big he's a big cog in the uh, machine, isn't he? Yeah, um, and and uh, we've we've sort of gone over him in various guises through the podcast so far, but it's definitely going to be a big season for him, um, and whether he can stay fit or not. Yeah, as well. The other thing I'd I think say... I think from from a much simpler perspective, we really missed a left footer in the attack yeah. last year. Yeah. yeah, I was going to bring this up. Just brings a bit of balance, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. We don't have tons of left footers around. Well, at, at, t- at times last year, the only left footer in the team was Andy Hughes. Yeah. Or Ben Davis. Yeah, him and Davis. I think and DJ you know, had it. The, the thing about Bowden is so good on his right foot as well. Yeah, I think that's become quite apparent this preseason. Is that is is I mean, you look at someone like DJ, who you know if it comes to him on his right foot, he's more than likely going to try and shift it onto his left. Whereas Bowden, um, the game that we went to, Ollie, uh, failed. Mm. He, 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 scored, wasn't. He, he scored with his right at file, didn't he? Yeah. He scored with his right and he was pumping crosses into the box all the time. The early cross on his right is quite dangerous. Mm. He did that a couple of times at Brig for Stockley, didn't he, as well? Yeah. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I really don't remember that much of Bamba Bridge. <laughs> I consumed a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Were we there? Were we at Bamba Bridge? <laughs> <laughs> they played together at Torquay as well. Bowden and Stockley. Oh, did they? Yeah, like w- way back in the day. And it looked a little bit like that, David. It did have a little bit of chemistry. So I'll be interested to see if that sort of blossoms yeah. this season. Yeah, definitely will. That'll be something to keep an eye on. Potential championship winning partnership of well, Billy, think, Bo- Billy Bowden and Jaden Stockley. I think that depends if Jaden Stockley is going to get that much game time. He just, just needs to dig his roots in, doesn't he? Well, yeah, he needs to make more make more of a grasp at his opportunities than Louis Malt has done in the last eighteen months. Anyway, nice one, Dan. Extend a branch, as it were. Yeah, I still want to love <laughs> Louis Malt, but I don't think it's going to work for him, is it? No, yeah. he, he, we've said it before on the pod. He's he's a really nice guy. Nothing against him as a person. I just don't yeah. think he's going to yeah. cut it for us. Yeah. Community can, player of the year is not going to get you to the prem, is it? 
You can no. sort of tell anyway from preseason who's obviously Hunts has not been involved. Malt, I think Malt, Malt's probably played more minutes than Stockley overall. I don't think Neil rakes either of them, what? which leaves us in a dangerous situation with just Maguire. But if that's the case, it just begs the question: Why you spunk three quarters of a million quid on someone that you don't rate? Owner led, maybe. Mm, I'm not sure. He's a good option. Don't get me wrong. He's a good option. Yeah. Yeah. What I'd say to Gab as well is, um, I think if we don't sign a keeper, you can pretty much forget about top six. So that's I'd yeah. say, equally yeah. as important. Because mm-hmm. I definitely agree with I that. Yeah. That's sort of been the elephant in the room all, all, uh, all pod really, hasn't it? Although, do you see uh, Miric in that Forest friendly? I've not I've seen the highlights. It wasn't great. I'm not saying that he's going to like be shy for them or anything because he is a good goalkeeper. But just if he'd have that debut for us, Jesus Christ! <laughs> you dread to imagine what Twitter yeah. would have been like. Yeah. Right, cool. I think we'll uh, we'll call it an evening there, chaps. Indeed, cool. Thanks for listening to episode six of the From the Finney podcast. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. And Ollie, hopefully you enjoyed being with us. Of course. Good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. It was good to have you. First ever guest. <laughs> uh, and if you'd have us, we'll we'll have you back on at some point through the season. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Cool. Um, so as normal uh, in these things you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts on spotify and all the other main places that you can get your your podcasts from um i don't think i've actually asked this yet but if anyone that listens to us on apple if you could leave a review that would be appreciated uh and we're on all social media platforms instagram facebook twitter and you can keep up to date with all the content that we're publishing on the website on there uh, just search for from the finney and you'll find us so yeah, cheers boys, thank you very much. Cheers, lads. Yeah, another good one. Yeah, later, see you in a bit.